It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home, Sue? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Steven, and this is the Movie Club Podcast. With me this week is the editor of most of, if not all, of the Movie Movie Club Podcast episodes, Shakis. Hi, Shakis. What's good, people? I think I've edited every single one. Okay, okay. I thought so, too. I just had had to throw that in there to be sure, in case Trey's listening, and he's like, no, I edited one podcast. And I'm like, uh, okay, now, now I'm inaccurate. He's fact-checking <laughs> me. <sighs> Shaquise and I, in this episode, we're going to be talking about John McTiernan's 1988 classic action film, Die Hard. The synopsis is as follows. A NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken by taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Now, Shakis, mm-hmm. question on everyone's mind. Is okay. Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, I know. I was about to. I was literally waiting for you to finish your whole intro. <laughs> Just be like, you gonna have to redact that. This is not an action film. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas film. <laughs> this is. This is. Oh this, man, it's. It has. No. No. Why? Well, hold on. Why is it a Christmas film to you? Uh, not, there are some people that would say that it's not a Christmas film. Uh, I told them a while for one. Uh, for uh, for one, uh, the time of year. All you gotta do it, it's Christmas time, Christmas movie. In my opinion, just mm-hmm. like how Spider Man is a Thanksgiving movie. We'll leave that for another podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, there's so many. Uh, the the music. Yeah. Uh, has, uh, Christmas song um, thematic motives mm-hmm. all throughout the movie. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of like jingle belly sound effects, and then there's dialogue that they they make references to it specifically being Christmas holiday specifically. Like yeah, no, it's... They're, they're doing everything to tell you, hey, this is a Christmas movie, right? This is Christmas time. By the way, it's Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's the in the synopsis. They're at a Christmas party during Christmas. During a Christmas party, there's Christmas music, like you said. There's Christmas dialogue. They talk about it being Christmas. He can't, the reason why he's coming from New York to L.A. is to see his kids for Christmas. Try to get rekindle the relationship with his wife, maybe for on Christmas. That's why whole reason why he's in town. Like, and he, he just so happened to be showing up at this Christmas party that he didn't really want to be at. <laughs> he did not want to get he, he show up, bro. He did not want to be there at <laughs> all. And uh, yeah, so it's definitely a Christmas movie. Now, now, do you think that this is a, a classic? Um, do you think this is a classic action movie? I think so. Okay. Um, 
How many times have you watched it? This wasn't your first time watching it, right? No, okay. I've seen it. I think, I think so. it was like my third time watching okay. it. Because the, the, I watched it like in the last two years, I think, for the first time. Mm-hmm. We watched it back in our old apartment. And then I think I watched it within a year of having watched it the first time. Hmm. And then I watched it today. So yeah. that's three. I'm pretty sure. I've watched um, it multiple times. Have you seen the rest of the franchise? I've only okay. Seen the- you, okay. You've only seen this one. No, that's, that's uh, I would say that's pretty good. I, uh, I, I can't say that I recommend the rest of the <laughs> franchise outside of the third one. I really like the third one. Um, that one has Samuel Jackson, Sam, Samuel Jackson in it, and it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. The second one is pretty. Everyone, everyone always says, "Oh, it's Die Hard, but at an airport," and it's feels more like a Die Hard movie than the third one. But the third one is much better. It's a much better film. Okay. Um, well, I just looked up my rating for the third one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I gave it a fucking 10 out of 10. And the thing is, Die Hard with a Vengeance and Die Hard are the only two movies in the franchise that are directed by the same person. That's, I mean, Die Hard, j- directed by John McTiernan, and then he didn't direct the second one, which I feel was lackluster. Then the third one, he came back. And I thought that one was amazing, whether it's a die hard movie or not, whatever um, is up to other people to determine. But yeah, I, I think that it's exceptional. Okay. I have to, I have to check it I'll, I'll get to them eventually. I don't, know. I, don't I, I can't even, re- I don't remember the third one enough to be like, Oh, you should, you can skip it. You can skip the second one. I think you can, I think you should, Watch we watch the first one. I think you can skip the third, skip the second one. Watch the third. Whether it's, I don't think it's integral to the plot of the third one, but you know, whatever. Um, I am mad that John McTiernan hasn't directed a movie since like 2003 because that man went to jail for undisclosed. I mean, not undisclosed reasons. We know why. The internet knows why. Um, He's not a bad guy though. Something. He went to jail um, because he hired a private investigator to uh, like wiretap somebody, like two people. um, And then he lied to an FBI investigator about him hiring a private investigator to illegally wiretap the phones of two people. Um, So he went to jail for lying to the FBI. Oh. Yeah, but I'm saying that now. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not nothing crazy. It's not. Yeah, it's not. not it's not anything crazy. People it's have done like, crazier things and yeah. still gotten to make movies. So I'm saying, yeah. release. I mean, he's already out of jail, but release uh, John McTiernan from director jail because I would like to see this man direct some more things. He directed Predator too. I mean, Predator as well. <laughs> not okay. Predator too. Okay. And then he directed. <laughs> Yeah, people like people like Predator. People and then think he's a great director, so I'm confused. Right, yeah. Anything in 17 years. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Give this man a franchise, another franchise. Give him another chance. Um 
He won't wiretap anyone else. <laughs> he won't. I, I guarantee you, he won't. Not anymore. Um, what? What? What are some things that you liked about this movie? About Die Hard. Um, without spoilers. Um, I I like how simple it is. Like the synopsis, like boils it down like a lot, but it's it's a really simple movie. But they do things extraordinarily to make the simple things stand out. Yeah. Uh, the one the one thing that bothers me though about it, just just an aside for like some of these old movies, it's like the ADR. Maybe maybe it was just because uh, I watched it on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, the the audio track is like slightly off, so it's like not horrible like old japanese movie dubs yeah or like kung fu flicks but the dubbing is just like it's obvious but yeah. it was like it wasn't it wasn't synced mm. um but i feel like that's a like a common thing for uh some older movies like 80s 70s like the older you get the more likely that is a thing that could ha- happen yeah uh but yeah like it, uh uh shit lost my train of thought uh can i interrupt for uh, i like i like john mcclain wait what did you uh, say no oh uh, no no go ahead go ahead uh i, I like uh bruce willis <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i like i like his performance in here i like the way uh, I like how like snide his character is and how like how much of a, like a dick he is, but yeah. he's also like not a terrible like a horrible horrible person. Right. Um, Alan Rickman gave oh, an amazing performance in this movie. May he rest in peace. Yeah, he absolutely uh, killed it. Just destroyed this role in the best way, um, and. I like some of the uh, the background characters, the the main uh, conflict character aside from Alan Rickman, this random German Russian dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, the, you talking about the dude with the uh, the blonde hair? Yeah, yeah, they came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, I like I like a lot of those guys, and just like how they get dealt with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, it's just also I, I really enjoy that there are black people in this movie that aren't like like they're not like the main focus, but they do what they do in this movie is actually important for the yeah. plot, right? And I I can't really go further without spoiling what I particularly like about it, but I just like the representation of black people in this film. Yeah, give me another movie. Right, and, uh, it, and it's not a—they're not like a, a character caricature at all. No, they are very much like there's depth to their character, and and they like, feel real. They feel yeah, like a like, real person because they—I mean—they're written well. They have real dialogue, and there's depth to there's backstory to them. Exactly, like even though the uh, Argyle, you could like argue like he's like a black guy from the 80s or whatever and like yeah. just like strictly label him as that's like that's you know that's like what he's doing 
like in movie for a paycheck literally doing it like to get tips but it's like he's also just like chilling and just having a good time right so i was like he's he's just a chill dude yeah exactly he's a chill dude (laughs) just so happens to be caught up in this kind of just trying to do his job right yeah caught up in this terrace and it was his first time driving a limo too (laughs) didn't <laughs> I, I watched this movie last night at the drive-in with um with my fiance Morgan and she, this was her first time watching it. I was very worried because she doesn't like older movies. She's like, "Oh, I'm not going to I mean, she doesn't like sci-fi." But I was like, she's like she's like, "Oh, I'm not going to watch Alien." And like she does, she's like very adamant. Like I'm not gonna watch Alien. She like, doesn't <laughs> like watching The Thing, which is like my favorite movie. And um, she really liked this movie. I was very worried about like her liking it, but like her and I watched it with three other friends, and there's mm-hmm. it was two of the other people's first time watching it too, and all everyone liked it more than the other movie we watched that came afterward which was uh lethal weapon no <laughs> podcast coming soon because I <laughs> no podcast coming soon you know what a subject people that yeah. I, can, I can get it though like and, i think it's not it doesn't really date like it dates itself with like having like corded phones but yeah it's an old movie and they're in an office of course they have phones we right. still have offices that are yeah uh but like it it's very relatable. It's a very, yeah. like I said, it's very simple, but they do everything simple on a higher level and everything works together. Yeah. So. There, there's, hmm. there's nothing I, when I was watching this movie and it's not like the, the music choices, soundtrack or score or the things that the people were saying or the technology that people were using it was nothing really stood out being like, Oh, that's dated. Um, and I think it was very much the opposite for like lethal weapon. Um, but like this, like you said, it, it, this, it's a, it's a well-written movie and it's, it doesn't rely on technology or anything else. Like even, even like when John McClane is checking in at the, at the hotel, at a at the at the party and is trying to like find where holly is um like that didn't look old i mean it i mean the movie is old but it didn't look like it's not something that's like sticks out i was like oh he's using a payphone remember payphones or something like that oh god they're like (laughs) and they were like using (laughs) yeah and they were like using walkie-talkies and it's like something that people still do so it's like this movie i feel like won't I think it'll stand up to the test of time. I think so. And like, it's going back to something that you said, I like how Deadpool, I mean, (laughs) I like how John McClane isn't like Deadpool. (laughs) Deadpool is like very much a, I was about to be like, what? (laughs) John McClane is very much like Deadpool. He, I mean, isn't much like Deadpool. Deadpool is very much like a a quip machine. Whereas Mm -hmm. like John McClane just had, just happens to have like a sense of humor. And it's like realistic. And he says like, it's not even like he says these kind of one-liner things and it stands out. It's just like, kind of just seems natural. 
for him yeah. to say those kinds of things like mm, like uh i don't know like when he if he if he kills someone and then he says something it feels kind of natural for his character to say it's not like he yeah. it's not like something out of character they wrote that in they're like oh this could be a great line for for him to say it just felt like something it felt real to the character um, and, and it was his uh his performance that really sealed that authenticity too yeah yeah man this is one of those times where good writing met a good actual performance too so it's like yeah it's a one it's a one stuff it is it is and, and he's <laughs> such a he's such a vulnerable hero um like the hmm mm. I, I don't know i'm not sure if uh Ooh. I was going to say, I'm tipping into tipping into <laughs> spoiler territory. Uh, let's get into spoilers. We've been talking for about like 15 minutes. So, uh, not spoilers. I know. I know. <laughs> we only have 15 minutes to talk about spoilers. Um, so, yeah, let's get into spoilers. If you have not seen Die Hard, I cannot recommend it enough. This is one of my favorite films of all time. I yeah. think that it is straight up 10 out of 10. And or a plus sorry sorry trey sorry trey if you're listening <laughs> um <laughs> um it is definitely one of those films that i i i would hold on before we get in getting spoilers um let me just say this last piece i was scared to watch it before uh i had seen it because it's it's diehard everyone talks about it everyone's like oh my god this movie's great and i've as I've talked about in other episodes, m- watching movies that other people see are classics and think are great, it worries me because I'm like, oh man, I'm watching this movie. There's so much hype behind it. What if it sucks? What if I don't like it? <laughs> and then like, but I don't see, I don't foresee a lot of people disliking this movie. There's not a lot to to hate here. It, it's, it's a genuinely great movie. And I think if Morgan liked it, and it's from 1988 um, and it's an action <laughs> film, then I think everyone else would like it. She, also one note, she said she was, we were watching it and something, I think there was like an explosion or something. And she was like, wow, I'm so caught up in the relationship drama that I forgot that it was an action <laughs> movie. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Obviously she was kidding, but I was like, that's, that's very funny. Oh okay. man. So now let's get into spoilers unless you have anything else you want to say. Uh, I was just going to say that the only like type of person that I could see maybe not liking Die Hard is someone who wants Die Hard to be a different type of movie than it is. Mm, like, yeah. like with the way action movies now with like John Wick, where he is he is going to get a kill count of like 30 or 40 side characters in yeah. a film. That's people that look for that type of thing where there's like, I'm, I'm looking for here for the kill count instead of taking it know for what it is i could see them maybe mm. not liking it and even then they still might like it because it's like you know i think it's actually a, a genuinely good film like across the board yeah well hold on let's let's go back there then i think that if if people are looking for a kind of like fast and furious type of movie or like a kill kind kill count kind of movie then they won't like this i think they wouldn't like the other installments in the franchise like i believe the fourth and fifth one i've seen the fourth one i don't really remember it much i think there there's more killing in like the fifth one the fifth one is more a typical 
mm. uh, action movie. It's like Taken, and it's, it's, there's kill count and explosions, and but this movie is very much contained. It's it's all takes place in all the action takes place inside this one tower, and there aren't that many kills. Uh, Twelve. I think uh, there's less. At the, like that's the most amount of kills he can get. Yeah, yeah. Well. And it's um, I think if someone, I think you're right. I think if someone is looking for that kind of like big bombastic juggernaut of a a movie like Fast and Furious or looking for a kill count and like special kills, then this isn't the movie for them. This is a small. It it's a it's a movie that's kind of like alien it's a contained movie there's a set amount of characters set amount of people that can be killed yeah yeah all right well let's get into spoilers then. so what do you want to talk about first <laughs> well i was gonna talk about um what i was saying earlier was he is a vulnerable hero and it's like at the very the like very opening is him kind of being vulnerable. It's like we meet this New York cop who is on the way his way to on his way to LA. Broken relationship, broken marriage. And he's afraid of heights. No, he no, what? not heights, flying. He's afraid of flying. Yeah. The guy next to him is like make fist with your toes. And then obviously that comes into play later where he's yeah. barefoot. <laughs> um, and then we, they, they shoot out the glass. He steps on the glass. Like this man, he's not, he gets hurt in this movie. He gets hurt a lot. In this movie. He gets hurt, hurt. And it's like, I like how he's wearing a white tank top and then at the very, toward the, it just keep progressively throughout the night, worse, more bloody. <laughs> more dirty throw some dirt on it just go yeah the sand yeah also put some blood on it like yeah yeah. it's uh i remember um a story where it was like someone's job like aside from like keeping continuity someone specifically was like make sure the dirtiness level is consistent across you know uh how this movie goes on and i was like man that is that is a difficult job yeah like, i i've read that they had like i want to say like 17 undershirts that he like different variations of like how it, he changed them over i mean he changed i mean how they had 17 variations mm-hmm. that he would change into depending on what point in the night it was in like that is that's wild that's absolutely wild like oh my god like oh my god i just i just think about it it's like there's so much craziness that starts happening in the second half um with alan with his identity being revealed and alan rickman figuring out uh the news reporter being a dick the reporter being a dick oh my gosh i wanted to murder that dude and then like the, the news reporter and then the other dude um that was at the party and he was like hey john yeah i told him oh my gosh and he's like john i love how john was like hey no you don't understand they're going to kill you tell them that you don't know me and then he was like come on come on 
Come on, Johnny. Give him the detonators. And then he didn't. And then he died. And then he died. And I was like, well, you should probably shouldn't have gave him his information. Yeah, he was one of those sleazy corporate dudes. Yeah. That introduced go- doing coke. So you know it wasn't gonna go coke, like off of his desk. And yeah. the, the boss is just like not, not even giving a fuck about that. Just right. Like, the coke is on his desk, and John's like, Yeah, you missed some. Like yeah. when he sees us, and then he's trying to get with John's wife. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, just just die already. I like <laughs> just, how this god. <laughs> I, I like how this movie has uh, has stakes. It's like you can tell that some that there's there's a power struggle. Uh, so it's like the movie will paint John into a corner, and that's like he either has to he he has to kill them or start getting in a fight with them, um, and and then it's like there's stakes, and it's like. He gets hurt with the glass in his foot, and then the, the owner of Nakatomi Plaza he gets killed, and then it's like the other guy gets killed that gave up John's identity. So it's like people just keep getting killed, people that we know or and or are introduced to. So it's like we know that these people are serious, and it's like we know that John is just a normal guy in this exactly. movie. I was just about to say he's just a normal dude who's he's just a cop. I mean, he's yeah. been a cop for a long time, like over a decade or something like that. Yeah. But like yeah. he's just like a normal dude. These guys have like formal training. They have fucking rocket launchers. <laughs> Who just has rocket launchers ready? They have the technology. They have this information. They have training. They yeah. are they are about this. He is a dude. Yeah, he didn't even want to be at this party. He did. He was. He was even like, uh, uh, fuck. What did he say? It was like, uh, I'm just the guy who got invited to uh to the party on mistake or something like that. And yeah. I'm just like, yes, that is who you are. You are just a dude. They decided to come here to fuck shit up. The introduction of them, right? After uh, they do like a foreshadowing shot with like the the truck or whatever. They they do it like again, and then after that. You just have this great sequence of them murdering the dude at the front desk, uh, taking out the cams, assuming his identity, yeah, awesome hitman shit, and setting up the parking garage and the whole operation, like all at the same time. Yeah, they came they prepared, one hundred percent. And then they have the uh, the third black. There are three black people in this movie, by the way. Yeah. There are three black people in this movie. At the end, there's still two. There's no rule of one for the black people in this movie. Right. Two. The the third black guy in this movie is like a tech genius. Yeah. Able to hack anything. He's got this whole hack job ready by the time Alan Rickman shows up. Yeah. Which, by the way, when they reveal Alan Rickman as like the guy in charge, that's a really good shot. That's they didn't such a, tell you he's the guy in charge. They show you he's the guy in charge. I really like that shot. Yeah. And that's a lot of what this movie does in general. Um, the, it, like, it's, the it's beautifully movie. directed. And the way the, well, I'm guessing the, the, the relationship between the director and the, the cinematographer to create these shots 
like the like the shot where uh hans gruber is um he jumps down and then he sees the feet and then he's like he and then he you can see his face change on camera mm-hmm. and, and then he's like oh my god you're one of them and he just like changes his accent and like oh bro these these british motherfuckers bro <laughs> with the accents man it's crazy oh my he, gosh and, and the best part is like during that whole thing is like we know all of the information right yeah and you know john's not stupid as we see at the end of that sequence that yeah. he knows that this guy is actually you know if he he doesn't know he's the boss he knows he's not a regular guy yeah uh and it's like we it's uh, the the tension is so high because it's like who's going to figure out who first right hans knows that he's john john doesn't know he's hans but he knows he's one of the guys yeah so he's and like i'm not going to kill him immediately yeah. you know that would that wouldn't be smart right i'm going to try and get a little something out of him yeah and, and, he, gives, that. and he gives him the gun and he gave yeah. him the gun. I was like, bro, why He's like, no, don't give him the gun. Don't, don't give him give the gun. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, how stupid do you think I am? And then and then the elevator rings and he's like, and then Hans says something. He's like, no, nope, pretty dumb. He's like, well, <laughs> you're up against us, so not that smart. Right. Type of thing. It's like I I I just love it. Yeah. Like Alan Rickman fucking really showed his ass off in this he movie. He did. In he the did. best way. Like every scene. Uh, which one is my favorite? Because they they oh, everything stands out because it's so good. So yeah, there's like, so many memorable moments. Like the of course the air vent, which is like the yeah. the 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 iconic shot of him in the air vent flicking the lighter and then saying like mumbling to himself about like, huh, oh, let's come to the coast. It'll be fun. We'll have a few laughs. We'll all get together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That, uh, seeing that, uh, scene where he's got to use the gun as a, uh, as leverage to like not fall to his death, 30 floors, uh, yeah. in the, uh right before that, like, he got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like the luckiest dude in that that uh that section of the movie cuz like he's reaching for uh the one above that, the the vent a couple floors above that. He falls and is almost like on some uncharted shit like yeah. just manages to like hold on to a vent and then um was it Carl? Was that the dude who had the brother? Carl. I can't remember the German. About the the ter- one of the terrorists. Yeah, the dude with the L'Oreal hair, who uh, his brother got killed. Talking about and the John dead. blonde, uh, blonde, long-haired dude that got strangled with the chain. Yeah, that guy. I can't what remember what his name, name, his character's name was, but like when he shot at John uh, in the vent, it was Carl. Uh, had, yeah, I, I was. I, I did remember him. Uh, but like uh, he was just like a couple feet off. Yeah, yeah John, yeah. like in the arm. Right. And it's just like he's you know testing the vents with a gun to try and feel the resistance. Like he was so close to dying. Yeah. He, he couldn't do anything. 
Right. And he was helpless. Like, he, he has his gun out, but like, are you going to aim a gun? Like, he's going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to shoot his hand off. <laughs> right. And the thing is, if it doesn't kill, he's definitely dead. Yeah. But like, oh my God. Like, he's, he, like, he takes a shot to the, uh, to the arm after that and you know he's kind of hits that invincible action hero mode mm-hmm. but like because you know he you know got shot in the arm but he i mean it could have been like a clean shot or whatever and then yeah. you know he's you know hopped up on adrenaline so he doesn't actually uh worry about it but that's like there's like 10 or 15 minutes left in the movie at that point so it's not like he's uh uh, the equalizer or Jason Bourne or something right uh, where he's you know invincible the whole entire movie like introducing him as vulnerable and then actually doing something with it at yeah. pivotal points in the movie is like so very well done it's not it en- so well done yeah it's not enough for them to just say that he's vulnerable it's enough to it, it, they actually develop it and show it they're like okay this guy he's afraid of flights and it's like oh he gets he gets shot oh he has glass in his feet and but he keeps charging through mm-hmm. um because i mean like what else would he do he, he is literally trying to save his wife so that they can go home right that's <laughs> he, all he that's, that's all he's trying to do like he's just trying to save his wife so they can go home he didn't he come there to be a hero. Literally getting over his fear of flights when they started killing everybody and taking over the building. Yeah. Like, he has no time to get comfortable except for certain parts where it's just like. He's I'm like, tired. yeah, he's like, I'm tired. He's like smoking a cigarette and he's like, hold on, hold on. And it then never really feels like the movie slows down for him either. It always feels like the the terrorists are always looking for him um, for the most part. It's never like he really gets to take a, a break, even though he he tries. And it's like, like every time he tries something new, like, oh, let's, uh, let, oh, I got it. And he's, let's pull the fire, uh, a fire alarm. And then the cops will come. And then it's like, oh, nope, they stopped them. And then now they know where you are. And it's mm-hmm. like trying the, trying to call. And he's like, "Oh, I'll call the, I'll use the emergency channel." And then it's like <laughs> the emergency channel. They were like, "No, mm-hmm. sir, please get off the line. This is for emergencies only." And he's like, "No shit, lady. What does it sound like? I'm trying to order a fucking pizza." Uh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> that's <laughs> such a just like great line, and. It, it seems it feels real and it doesn't seem like it was written to be a joke it's same it was like genuinely something that this man would say it's yeah. not like the movie never stops for him to tell the joke mm-hmm. it's just like woven into his character which is it's so refreshing from watching something like now it's like you always have the one comedic character yeah everything's so like he's definitely like a trope of a character but mm-hmm. he also just has good writing backing yeah. him up and now it's just like well we gotta have this type of character and then we need the the sassy character and we need the serious character right it's like 
it's like watching and i know you don't watch anime but like anime is so heavy on like i i I call it trope culture now because Mm -hmm. it's just so fucking huge Mm -hmm. like uh like there there always has to be a a full mix of characters you got to have a serious one you have to have one that's responsible you got to have a clutch you got to have someone that's trying to be funny yeah Uh, you got to have the weird one like there's there's, there there has to be all these different types of characters that you don't really need to try so hard on certain characters because they're well they're here just to fill the slot to be funny so we don't make them actually a good character or you know they're just serious so they're just going to be serious or not going to do anything else it's just it's good to see good writing yeah just actually be displayed and just actually get to shine yeah and it's like like we talked about earlier the the like the the trope of like i almost called him carl winslow um <laughs> uh al pal um him being his character has so much i don't know there's so much there and it's what he it's not just the writing it's like you said for bruce willis it's what he brings to the character Mm-hmm. there's a realness there and it's like he's talking about how he has a um a pregnant wife and then when he's talking to john and he and john's like tell my wife that i'm sorry i love her and my kids and stuff like that and he's like no you're gonna tell her yourself love that shit. um like yeah i was like i was feeling it i was like wow this is like it genuinely feels like they are becoming friends Mm-hmm. And it's like they only have each other to talk to. I mean, I mean, John only has him to talk to, and then it's like Al really only has him to talk to because it's like his fucking yeah, the, deputy chief isn't listening to him. Yeah, the people outside aren't really. They don't really know what's up because they just don't have that experience. Like yeah. they're just suits. They're guy. They're people that just moved up the ladder. They don't deal with the menial shit like actually, you know, being a beat cop or yeah. Uh, well, just, just being actual cops. Yeah. And, and, and there's like, it's woven into like his story because I mean, all of this just goes into him feeling like a real character, like him talking about like, I shot a kid and mm-hmm. John like making fun of like, oh, you're a desk cop. You're not really a cop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, well, I shot a kid and I didn't want to do that anymore. So I'm a cop. So I'm a desk cop. And then he shoots Carl at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good, was a good that, round. Yeah. So, circle back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's everything like, it's uh, Chekhov's gun. It's like if you introduce a gun in the first act of a movie that has to go off by the end or whatever. And it's, there's, there's, always, there's a bunch of things like that. It's like the making fists with your toes and there's that. there's not a lot of dialogue in here that's wasted there's not a lot of things that don't circle back like that Um, and it 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 can feel like a lot in some movies where it's like oh my god of course they brought that up and now that's gonna come back if it's like oh he was a soccer star and now he knows like kung fu and whatever it's like of course he's good (laughs) yeah it's just like stupid (laughs) shit like that but it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's stupid shit like that in other movies but like this movies it's like not they don't do it enough where it's like hella annoying you know yeah it, it's everything feels authentic yeah like it really, even, it really like, does 
like when they go to the hostage situations and you're like, well, what are they going to do with the hostage? It's not like they can really do anything. Well, they can't. So there's like, what are they experiencing? Well, everyone's fucking scared. Yeah. And then you have John's wife who's like worried about him pretty much the whole time. Did they get him? Then she hears, oh, well, someone's causing trouble. Oh, it's John. Yeah. And then later on, um, when Carl and a bunch of dudes just like run through the, the room one, it was just kind of funny. Like it was just comical to just see, just, it almost felt like a, uh, like a old Hanna-Barbera cartoon mm-hmm. where it's just like, they just come through and it's like, they're chasing somebody, but there's actually nobody there uh, in the film. Uh, she's like, oh, he's still alive. He's still okay. Cause uh, uh, only uh, only John can make someone that pissed off or something. Right, like that. yeah, like, that was great. That's how you know she loves him. Yeah, yeah. And she's like a hard ass when she's talking to uh, Alan Rickman. I, 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 yeah, I, I can't end the podcast without talking about how Holly is such a great character, and she's not a character, caricature trope kind of stereotypical kind of character either she's not just like a side character she's not just the wife and Mm. like oh john come save me oh my gosh it's like (laughs) she does she does things in this movie it's not just like her being in this movie to just get saved it's like she um oh my god she she talks oh my god uh it just (laughs) I was about to say something but it reminded me of how annoying that fucking guy Ellis was and yeah. <laughs> oh god um well it uh well hold on I like how Ellis tried to he didn't reveal all of the information I like it was written well for Ellis to not reveal that Holly was related to John that they that I liked how Ellis said that John was his guest instead of like mm-hmm. selling out Holly. That would have been more unforgivable than what he did. Um, yeah. And it also set it up later for the Thornburg to come in as, and then there, it set it up for another reveal to happen where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we know now, now Hans knows that what john who john is and then it's like oh now john now hans knows who john really is and that holly is in more danger than before oh, but yeah she's like taking care of the her pregnant co-worker she's talking to talking to hans she's like okay well, we got to get some of these people to the bathroom unless you want us all peeing on the fucking floor <laughs> and she, i don't know just the way that she I don't know, just like her presence isn't like a typical character. She's not like a typical character in a different movie. She yeah, she feels like she has as has depth to her without just being the wife. She doesn't just do things in service of John or like their relationship or anything like that. Like she genuinely cares about she was second in charge. She's was second in charge and then first in charge once um yeah her boss dies like she's taking charge and not just i don't know she she's just not a damsel in distress which i really like yeah that that goes 
I love it because that even goes into what their marriage is about. Because they have that whole argument where she's like, where he's like, uh, uh, well, well, outside there where uh, he's talking with Argyle in the limo. And he's like, you know, uh, are you divorced? Are you separated? He's like, man, you're fast, Argyle. You know, and Argyle's like pretty much give it, he's like the the conduit through which we get John's freaking backstory of right. he didn't really support his wife's career decisions. He didn't really think that she was cut out for it. He wanted her to be the wife. And that's yeah. what he wanted, and that's what she knew that he wanted, and she didn't want that. Right. He rejected it. So that fractured their relationship and then we see that that's not all she's not just the wife she yeah. actually could get business done right she's a leader she's yeah. the, the, she's the person these people are looking up to in times of strife that can get the results she's caring about the most uh uh vulnerable people yeah the pregnant woman the people that are about to shit their pants because <laughs> they're part of a hostage situation. Uh, the the people that were fucking in the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I you forgot about that. <laughs> in the middle. I'd be so upset. Uh, like, I feel like if they, like, if someone were to be like, well, she doesn't do enough in this movie, they could have just cut it. I'd say, well, then you would ask, what about the hostages and what they put is what would be the best for the pacing of the movie for what you got. Yeah. Like I can't sure. imagine if they were like, if she were to have like a whole like huge, like main main role where she's like killing people or mm. freeing the hostages, like in the back way or like shuttling people out or something like that. One, it would take a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that this movie's pretty tight. Like, I think yeah, the pacing no, it is really good but if you cut it then the movie would be missing a perspective that i think that they shed a good amount of light on yeah i think they i think they did spend just enough time with her right. and her character and like you said with argyle at the beginning kind of developed her character more and her and john's relationship more and it showed like you said um, how she wasn't just the wife, how she was very much her own person, even though John was like, I know you have this opportunity, but I don't want to go to LA. So, <laughs> so yeah. bye. And she was like, I am my own person. I'm my own independent person. So I'm going to go do my thing. And she was fucking, she was the leader and she in the she hostage did. situation and in the office, second in charge. To yeah. Mr. Uh, it's not Mr. Nakatomi either, which keeps saying, what was I know I I keep yeah. what was to Takagi Takagi yeah 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 Takagi Jesus that's that was gonna bother me for a long time <laughs> um which also hostile situation yeah big boss man your money ain't big ain't important enough. <laughs> they can get the code. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my gosh. Code, <laughs> that was just man. Oh, and and like I there's like I talked about how it's like John tried everything 
he could and then it like kept backfiring on him in Mm -hmm. several ways but then i love it how this movie is smart enough or it's and they made the care they made the terrorists smart enough to be like okay we know what that the fbi are going to come in we know that they're going to turn off the power that's what we want Mm mm-hmm that was that was that was a great scene and then when the vault opens and they're playing christmas christmas music and the light is shining on alan wickman and it's like yeah this is this it, every there's this christmas is, miracles bro yeah <laughs> this, yeah exactly and they talk about christmas miracles it's such an excellent movie like oh my god like there's not one part in this movie that i don't like i liked every single part yeah like this Again, this is a 10 out of 10. This is S rank. This is an A plus movie. This this is film. Yeah. This is film, even for the stuck up film snobs. Right. Seriously. This film. This is yeah. this is this is something that you could go to a theater. And if they're playing this in the theater, you should go see it. Yeah. This is and something that you can watch at any time. And it is relatable. It's genuinely decent all the way through. Everything is, everything is great. It's an anytime movie. It's an any day kind of movie. It's, and I like how it is. People are like, oh, it's not a Christmas movie, and it's like it's because it doesn't have really like a Christmas feel, or it's like not something you only watch around Christmas. But I feel like since you don't have, I, I mean, I don't just watch Halloween on Halloween exactly i and i don't watch <laughs> die hard just around christmas time um and i think that that is what makes movies great and timeless and it's like if you can watch them at any time it's like sure i can watch like home alone or like home alone 2 not around christmas time but it's like do i want really want to watch the santa claus or like <laughs> deck the halls or something like that or jingle all the way i don't watch those not around christmas time sure those are christmas movies but like that me if we if you only can watch things one time a year or around one time a year that doesn't make it a great movie it's probably not a great movie if you can only watch it one time a year um, that's just my piece yeah i, I can say I, other people will probably think other 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 ways but i think I don't know. I if you can only watch the Nightmare Before Christmas one time a year, then I mean it is a good movie. <laughs> you said you know, true, true. See exactly. See that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the technicality. It's not just one time a year. At least two. <laughs> Halloween movie and a Halloween Christmas movie at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, I laugh. I still need to see that all the way through. I still haven't seen it all the way through. Oh wow! Yeah. They played that at the drive-in like two weeks ago. I didn't go see it. My friend did. But yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It is. I've I've played Kingdom Hearts, and uh, you know it's a Disney uh, Disney Square Enix game, and they uh, they feature different worlds. Like they have Aladdin and Lion King and Nightmare for Christmas. So, like, I know the story of it. So, that's why I haven't rushed to like see it because they basically retread the movie uh, in gotcha. the game a little bit. Um, but yeah, I do need to, I do need to sit down and watch that. I've seen some of the other Tim Burton things that may or may not be connected in the Tim Burton universe. I've right. seen some of the theories. Um, but man, 
like this movie might get played again but before the end of the year it's so good like i could just i could honestly which i don't do this very often but i could put this on like to the side while i'm doing something else and i'll just be like oh wait this part's about to come up i need to see this part this is really great right like but i could do that for like pretty much the whole movie so i'll probably end up just watching the whole movie again yeah exactly because it's just so good I think I actually might watch this movie again before the the year is up because it is just, I had this uh, last week when I did the podcast with Trey just talking about a movie that was also a 10 out of 10. See that. Yeah. Yeah. Having to edit that after I watched the trailer first and then I was like, shit. I don't have enough time to watch this movie before I edit it. So I have to edit it while kind of paying attention, but also kind of ignoring them right. so I can watch the movie. <laughs> uh. But th- this movie is like, yeah, like like the movie last week I was talking with Trey about, it is very much, since it is a 10 out of 10, and just talking about it with you for however long this podcast is, it just makes me want to watch it even more. And that is what great movies are for me. It's like any anytime I think about or talk about Get Out, I'm like, I need to rewatch Get Out because it's such a great yeah. movie. <laughs> and and it's like just with Die Hard itself, I think about one set piece, which is great. And they're all great. I think about one set piece that's great. And it's like when he throws off the body and it throws the body out the building and he's like, welcome to the party, pal. Um, and then after, cause they start shooting in everything and he's like, Oh, they're, they're turning my car into Swiss cheese. And it's just like <laughs> that, that moment is great. And I think about that moment and I'm like, wow, that movie, that, that, that moment is really good. And then I think about another moment and I'm like, wow, that movie, that moment's really good. And then I'm like, damn, that movie's really fucking good. Cause there's so many, every single, there's like a little moment. There's, set pieces and moments in the movie and they're all good they all add up they all mm-hmm. and watching them out of context they're even good so Perfectly balanced as it should be exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly um well i think we i think we've i don't think we've talked enough but i think we have <laughs> talked enough for um this for this episode um, do you have anything else you want to talk about about Die Hard? Uh, uh, I know I do, but I'm like, I'm, this I'm episode thinking, is long. That's something we haven't talked about yet, uh, really detailed. Um, because we've talked about the music. Um, something uh that really. Maybe I've realized it before, but maybe I just realized it again as I started watching this. Is like how much I like tracking shots. Oh and yeah, how like how great it is that they just make the camera feel alive and make you feel like you're actually in the movie. Um, because again, that shot with uh, the villain, like the whole sequence with them and uh, Alan and Alan Rickman and them getting out of the truck and then them uh, going through the halls is just so it's so silky smooth. Yeah. Like, it's just such a smooth sequence that I just love it so much. And I'm just like, if this was on sticks, I would probably not feel anything. Right. Yeah. And I think you make me think about the, the, the shot 
where they get out of the elevator, which is very much like, I feels like Christopher Nolan stole it straight <laughs> from that and put it in, in the Dark Knight. Because um, when the Joker arrives, it's pretty much the same thing. When he arrives at the party, it's the same shot with him surrounded by his guys. Um, I want to say there's more than one moment in this movie where I'm like, oh, Nolan definitely stole that and put it in the Dark Knight. <laughs> there's multiple moments like that. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's a lot, a lot of nice fluid shots in here and it and it really helps with the geography of each floor too there's i remember specifically there's one shot where we're following one of the henchmen or terrorists um who's like alone by himself oh right and then it's it's when um it's when john uh messes with the saw to make him like <laughs> to to make him go around the corner it's it's that it's like it's a fluid tracking shot of like following him throughout all this unfinished construction level on the floor um which reminds me that the sound design in this movie is great yeah that's why i was gonna go next yeah um the and even the the um the special effects are great too with the the squibs oh my god i i cringed when i saw that shot of the guy gotten like his knees lit up and it, he's like bro. oh my oh, gosh bro. i was like yo just finish him bro take him out don't nobody need to go through that man <laughs> he had like five <laughs> shots in his leg and on his knees oh my god like that that uh that shot uh no pun intended uh, reminded me of uh, freaking uh, one of the flashback scenes from Family Guy when they're talking about Joe's backstory. Like, you know, he's he's paraplegic. Oh. So whenever they go and talk about his backstory, it ends with him getting shot in the legs like five or six times, or you know, an obscene amount. But I was like, oh my God. It felt like almost cartoony the amount of times john shot this dude in the leg like good god yeah and um, and there's not a lot of moments but it also feels real too and there's not a lot of moments yeah. that are like john wick where it's like oh shit he killed that guy like uh he jumped on him and jumped over the bar and killed him and stabbed him with a pencil pencil and stuff <laughs> like that and it's just like these are just like normal ass kills but they're shown and they're not even shown in like a gratuitous kind of way but I it is that, very like i don't know it it, it feels real the way that he yeah. kills most of these people and yeah obviously like there's just, go ahead I was gonna say, yeah, you just like, you know, one, two, three to the chest, you're you're done. Yeah. Like even uh Al at the end, he shot uh Carl like four times just in the chest. It's not like he's aiming for the head and then they gotta do a special shot to show the bullet going right. into his head and all of that. <laughs> like it's just it's just it feels it feels like it's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like it's just normal at that point. You know, he's you know, the fact that he's even bringing out his gun and, you know, you know, again, after what happened, you know, that's great for his character, but it's like the action self is just normal. Yeah. It's not like over-exaggerated in any way. Yeah. 
and the 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 visual effects of the that I already talked about the special effects and the sound design um but the the visual effects for this movie too they don't feel dated it's like there's so many explosions where it's not like it's not like where you can look at it and it's like oh that looks very much like 1988 it look to me nothing stood out visually where i was like oh that ex- explosion looks terrible um no. like the, obviously explosion. in the computer and it's like oh whatever um and then but then there's the again back to the special effects where it's like the explosions of like the 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 police vehicle trying to come into the building and like the rp the rpg that was shot at it twice twice yeah crazy oh my yeah and it was it looked very good it did it, and like all of it, the windows blowing out when the c4 dropped down the elevator mm-hmm. it was all very good like every like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel so dated yeah that's like, what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i feel, feel like this movie's gonna live on for a long time like at at the youngest it looks like an early 2000s movie yeah yeah uh, it came out 20 years before that <laughs> yeah absolutely crazy. wild like, it's crazy uh it's so good it it feels like uh though this movie definitely feels old because it's not in color but like rear window oh yeah yeah like the movie doesn't feel it doesn't necessarily when i first watch it, it doesn't feel like it's as old as it is and if it had like color thrown on it you wouldn't be able to tell uh when it came out no wait i thought rear window was in color was it i think it is yes hold on i think that it is no it was in color i must be thinking about something else yeah it even won an award for having color for it won (laughs) (laughs) imagine winning an award now for having color Wait. Oh no, they restored it in color. Oh, so it was the original the, shot. Not yeah, there are two okay. versions. The color version also these these screenshots look pretty good. Um, but fuck, I I got off track. But yeah, just some of these old movies, man. Going back and looking at this shit, I'm just like, man, it's actually it's pretty good. Maybe maybe all these film heads were right. Movies do suck now. it's like and then it's like oh well i'm i'm only consuming a small amount of movies just like i would be now there are some small masterpieces you know that came out this year couldn't tell you what they were because everything got canceled (laughs) or put back is there anything else that you want to talk about uh diehard related i feel Uh, like we covered a lot of ground yeah for this very long podcast we did might have to do a part two podcast talk about everything else. <laughs> yeah seriously and if we do watch it and and uh if we do rewatch it again by the end of the year i would be down for that me I mean, you sharon me oh. you trey or something like that that'd be cool is there anything else that you want to talk about uh no i don't i don't, I don't think there's anything else i feel like we kind of covered everything well we covered a lot we didn't cover everything yeah uh, <laughs> uh just if you if you you know you're skeptical of die hard and then go watch it before reading or listening to this podcast go see die hard like 
Die Hard is, I know it's sort of cliche at this point to be like Die Hard is like such a great movie. Everyone should go watch Die Hard, but you should go watch Die Hard. It's cliche for a reason in this case. And uh, you will not, in my opinion, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah. There are very few people that I think would just not vibe with this movie at all. Yeah. I think, especially knowing, like you said earlier, knowing what it is, uh, having your, your expectations, knowing that it's a 1988 action classic that's a contained movie there's not cars flying at like in in one of the fast and furious movies there's like a a car going through like three skyscrapers or something like that that is not this movie if you're looking for that or you're looking for john wick in this movie and you're looking for a kill count that's not this movie like chiki said earlier if you're looking for a contained movie a contained action movie with character development great characters and great just like a very fun enjoyable time mm-hmm. this is the movie this is the movie i feel like you can't ha- not have fun and not enjoy this movie what if you're paying attention to it because it's so good it's so fucking good it's an excellent i would say i would say it's a masterpiece i would say so i would i would be inclined to agree this is i can't there's nothing that I don't like here. I yeah. like every frame. Yeah. From frame to frame. Frame start to frame in. I am uh I'm sutured in. I am just enjoying film. Yeah. Like Shikis. I look Go ahead. I was like uh, I looked up the time, I was like, it's like two hours, ten minutes or something like that. I was like, two hours and ten minutes? I don't remember Die Hard being that long. No. It feel that long. It doesn't. It really doesn't feel that long. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like 90 minutes, but it also does not feel like two hours. It, this movie does not drag. Like you said earlier, the pacing is like perfect. There's nothing. It's a very tight movie. There's nothing that can really be cut out of this movie and be like, oh, well, that would make it a better movie because this movie is exactly the way it should be. It's a masterpiece. Exactly. Uh, Shakis, well, Shakis, where can where can the people find you? Uh, do I want the people to find me? You can find me <laughs> um, on Letterboxd that I sometimes use while realizing that there are a lot more movies that came out this year that I've actually seen than I anticipated. Uh, but it is at Space Time Legend. That is also my Twitter account. Uh, my Twitter account is full of weeb uh, s- slash political stuff. So if you're into that, um, be on the lookout. Also, insert future SoundCloud plug here when I get my music done and uploaded when I think it's good enough. But when that time comes, I'll, I'll have a new place on the internet. But that's it. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd. I think that you can find me on Letterboxd at C-U-T-T-O Black. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that that's it. I just just realized I might have accidentally changed my name to... No, wait, no, no. Yeah, it's it's cut to black. It's cut to black. C-U-T... 
T O black. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. Uh, thank you for joining me, Shakis. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I'm glad that we got to do an episode together, even though Trey basically didn't want, I want Trey, Trey wanted to keep you all to himself. <laughs> and I said, no, no, no. <laughs> Seems to be, but thanks. Thanks for having me on. It was good to stop talking, talking the film. Hopefully we can do it another time. And if indeed by the time I'm Trey takes us back over, um, and you ever want to, you ever watch a movie and you're like, Hey, Steven, you got to watch this movie or I already watched it or you want to, I want to rewatch it or whatever you want to do it. I'll come back. We'll do another episode together. Cause one is not enough. It's not um, enough. One's not enough. But thank you for everyone for listening. This is, this is great. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening all the way through. Um, we really appreciate it. I know I do. She does. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Trey does. This episode was edited by Shaquise Moore and <laughs> produced by Trey D. Price. Make sure you come back next Wednesday for another episode of the Movie Club podcast. Bye-bye. And yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. The last thing McLean wants think, damn it, think, is to be a hero. Where's Holly? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? <laughs> they have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you check out uh, the other shows that we have on the Facebook, the other main podcast that comes out every other Tuesday. Make sure you leave a like, share it with your friends and your family. Go check out our YouTube where we have content from other production 1200 works. And make sure you follow us on the Instagram. We post sometimes there. We'll, we'll do more. We'll, we'll try. Maybe. Like us on uh, iTunes podcast, rate and review. Give us them five stars. And we'll see you next time.